and welcome. I'm Renee Valentina, and this is Musing Interruptus, a podcast meant for sharing thoughts, stories, enjoying idiomatic phrases, and words in general. You can read along. The transcription is in the description of this episode. The idiomatic expressions are in italics. Try to get the meaning from the context, and then look them up to see if you are right. If you like it, share it. But more importantly, continue the conversation. Today, I'm jealous. Once upon a time, there was a young, scratch that. Let's not go full out toilet immediately. Let's start in bed. I bet that is where most of you started out, especially those who have unadventurous parents. Actually, we should go further back. Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, a.k.a. Sting, reminds us we need a space to imagine when he describes the inspiration for the song, Why Should I Cry For You? Believing in the importance of what some call procrastination, which I think is better known by those whose creative process requires space, better known as a space for imagination, Believing in the importance of this space is fundamental and crucial. The space for thoughts and wandering down paths. This can happen in many places. In bed, letting the mind wander. In my case, atop my bicycle, taking a walk or just sitting in my thoughts, surrounded by silence or music. I call it the planning stage. And much like Sting, for me it is a place where stories gestate up to the moment when I just can't stand it and I have to write or create something, anything. Like a pressure cooker, I notice how as soon as I have that space, more pressure builds up. The creative energy builds up. The more space there is, the more time I have, the more ideas I get. Dave Chappelle describes feeling like he is getting into the trunk of a car and the idea is driving. That sounds like a fun road trip. Not all ideas are good or do us good. Imagination can take us to very good and pleasant places and other times it can take us to dark, scary, catastrophic places. Jealousy is a sour little sphincter retaining and holding in rotten feeling, isn't it? Then again, it is probably the stuff that was being retained, the insecurities projected on the other. Of course, the feeling of being unloved, overlooked, discarded, dejected, and forgotten. Retention only keeps those feelings in, inside, and in a vicious cycle, increasing the yucky feeling. And it is not just those feelings. For instance, imagine being jealous of the object of your affection loving someone else. Jealous of how they discover all the wonderful things you want them to discover in you. The mental images you won't utter out loud for fear that saying them out loud could make them real. If they aren't already. You are, of course, certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are real. You feel it, and that feeling is so strong, wretched, and painful, it must be real. Say it, and like some masochistic incantation, make it real. 
funny how you might believe that. And you won't believe in how you could use your magic to your own benefit. But that is another musing interruptus. Jealousy. We all know when push comes to shove, you have to let it go. That is the healthy thing to do. That makes space. There are rewards when you let go. Some parents give rewards out when potty training. I praise my dogs when they relieve themselves in the right place. You might not get that kind of reward when you let go of jealousy and all those insecurities and embrace that truth that Sting loves singing about. If you love somebody, set them free. So adulting revolves a lot around dealing with frustration instead of body slamming the floor in a fit when you don't get what you want. Mind you, I know many adults who have yet to master this. When you do let it go, let all the crap fall out, you might realize you never had any of what you thought you did anyway. So there, it was a fruitless exercise in retention, just postponing an inevitable truth. Living beings don't actually belong to each other. I'm sure some are better than others when it comes to understanding jealousy. There is still time, but what do you do when it is your dog that is jealous? I mean, how do I spiritually communicate this lesson? Relax, bitch. By the way, I have female dogs. And he said, relax, I love you. I haven't stopped loving you. Just because I gave the other one a treat doesn't mean I love you less. I gave you the first one. Go figure. I've heard people say we should be more like animals. They don't know my dogs. They don't throw a fit. They get scatological. Well, one does. The other plots and executes murder. I spoke to Gabi, the specialist on animal behavior. She told me they, the dogs, are telling me who owns each resource. It is not love. That is ownership. Excuse you, dogs, I belong to no one. So that was a dead end. I need to find a way to deal with what I perceive as my dog's jealousy. I've got a few ideas. The best one, I think, is the following. I will teach them how to read. Subsequently, I will start a book club. Attendance is mandatory. And I will assign some enlightening. Be one with nature and the cosmos. Live and let live. Let your love shine like light. Literature. We'll stay away from Cortázar for now. I know what you're thinking. Some people join book clubs and never read. Well, they didn't live with me, did they? I run a tight operation here at home. Time for naps, time for meals, time for walks, time for play and time for more naps. You should see how we keep schedules when they have been prescribed medicine. Call it discipline or call it neurosis. Either way, it works. If for some reason they don't like the books, we will start a movie club. I'm just worried that we will end up getting high and ordering pizza instead of watching the movies and discussing them. The discussion at the end is key. The strategy is not new to this household. But now that I think of it, I need to start by teaching them how to speak English. Lucky for them, I am an English teacher. 
you might not have guessed it for all the mistakes I make, record, and later realize I've made. Self-editing on the fly and quick and dirty corrections are not my strong suit. I need time, and I don't have that when I write this weekly podcast. So, this is an exercise in acceptance that it will have to be good enough. Getting back to the dogs, I could teach them. We could have deep conversations on the movies we watch, talk shit about the dialogue, stemming from pure and utter frustration. The takeaways and the way the camera captured a reaction that was thought and felt, not expressed orally. They could provide insight on dogs' acting techniques on the silver screen. Did the director cast the right dogs? Was he or she casting based on mere looks? I could invite my dogs to my classes. They would participate and we would discuss films and series and emotionally grow at the same time. There's two of them. They could become the Siskel and Ebert of the canine film critics. I'd watch them. I'd love to hear their takes on Succession and My Brilliant Friend. I'd love them to tell me what they think about the development of characters. Then they could start learning about psychoanalysis. They could understand the human psyche and perhaps even debunk everything we know about them as they could express what they feel and perceive in terms we could understand. I can hear them now. Darling, it is mere transference. It isn't really love. You, as a being in my life, hold the same place as that bowl of kibble and the promise of the leash next to the door. You are the provider and denier of my well-being. When you leave, I think you are gone for good, very much like primary narcissism. I'm just worried you won't be back in time to feed me. I can easily replace you, human, but I will never forget you. Oh. I'd rather not have that conversation with my dogs. Or anyone, for that matter. Let's not have those conversations. I'll nip this in the bud immediately. I won't interfere with my dog's expressions of jealousy. However, that still doesn't resolve the problem at hand. My arms are getting all scratched up, and my hair, when pulled up in a messy bun, cannot continue to be fair game, and my dogs grab for attention, and the war for power over me and each dog toy, food bowl, water bowl, bed pillow, and chew toy. Something must be done. Thank you for listening. How do you deal with dog power struggles? Did you start a doggy book club? Did they read the whole book? How do you deal with your own insecurities? I'm listening. <laughs>